It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. We, uh, myself and Thomas Simons, we are the fantasy analysts, the IDP analysts over at fantasypoints.com. You can hop over there anytime you're ready and subscribe. Uh, we are both manning the IDP content. There's a bunch of other fantastic content on the offensive side of the ball, but you're not here to hear about the offensive side of the ball. You're here to hear about some defensive side of the ball. Defense, defense. <laughs> Always with the sound effects. I love it every time. It gets me every time. Thomas, how you doing tonight, my man? Well, hello, Justin. Oh, sorry. I was just channeling a little uh, Carol Channing there. Um, off I'm the doing rails. A- <laughs> We're off the rails already. <laughs> well, that's what and happens when you travel all day long in a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to work NBA yesterday, so and I was down in Portland. Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, hanging in there and just got done watching the game and uh, – Man, that Bronco defense, what is up? All right, let's start right into it. I have to get right into this. The absence of Alexander Johnson was very evident as the Browns running game just cut through them like butter. Yes, it did. Yeah, that, oh was, a, that was a big blow. Now, obviously, they also had, um, uh, you know, they signed Micah Kaiser and then he got hurt. So they were, you know, they were really banged up there. Yeah, and he came, he came back later in the game. But it, right. even then, I mean, they just... Justin Sternad wore the green dot and he called the plays, but I don't know how many times I saw him get caught up in offensive linemen and just get somebody got a body on him and he couldn't get around him. Yeah, I mean, I think in a in a perfect world uh, this season, Sternad would have been uh, a, a ten to thirty percent snap player. I mean, he he was he was supposed to be a a rotational third linebacker, but now they're down there right. starting two linebackers. Um, and so he's in a position he's not supposed to be in, and man, did it show up tonight. And it's even worse when, when you have Kaiser step in for you know the starting two linebackers, and then he goes down. So now you know, Sternot is, is, is in a position that he, like you just said, he wasn't expected to be in that spot. But, you know, if you take a look at the, the way the Broncos ran tonight, they couldn't tackle a blocking dummy if it was to save their lives. I mean, they they're, how many missed tackles did we see? And how many times did you see, you know, Dearness Johnson and Felton and whoever else had the ball get into that second level and, and not be touched until they got to the second level? Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Um, uh, and, you know, we thought this would be kind of a, a slow game, you know, in terms of by the numbers. Uh, Denver was the 27th, uh, was 27th in pace and Cleveland was 29th in pace. Uh, and uh, to no one's surprise, it was a it was a low scoring affair. 17-14. Um, weren't a ton of tackles, although, although I will say um, we had a, a decent number on the uh, – you know, the Broncos spread all of theirs out. You know, Kareem Jackson was the leading tackler there, uh, had nine tackles, and then uh, really spread out from there. Ronald Darby, uh, Stranod had six, although only two were solo. Justin Simmons climbed his way into respectability with five tackles. Um, but uh, and then on the other side of the ball, it was uh, Anthony Walker who you know 
soaked up all the tackles. They had uh, he had ten tackles, seven of which were solo, uh, and then just kind of a, a smattering from there. And you know, this is this is one of those games where the uh, the Browns only had forty five tackles because not only are both of these teams very slow in pace, but the, the Broncos really just didn't get a whole lot going on, so there weren't a lot of tackles to go around, but. Very encouraging that of the few tackles that that were uh, were out there, Anthony Walker soaked up ten of them. I really like him uh, as an LB one going forward until Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa gets back. And even when he gets back, I still like Walker as at least a back end LB one. Yeah, and tonight you you saw that the the Broncos threw twice as many over twice as many times as they ran the ball. They threw it thirty three times and ran it fourteen. And y- you can see when Cleveland, they ran it as many times as they passed, 33 pass uh, pass attempts and 33 rushes. And you can see why their their IDPs were in the 4, 5, 6 solo range. Uh, whereas the only one who had uh, high solo tackles on Cleveland was, as you mentioned, Anthony Walker. And that was ba- mainly based on the fact that they only ran the ball 14 times. Yeah. Um, so we're going to dive in uh, to our news and notes. Before we do, um, uh, we have a few bye weeks we want to make sure you guys are aware of. We have, uh, I think it's six, six teams on bye. Yeah. This is this, this week is six, and then the next week it's two. <laughs> <laughs> How weird. Yeah. So weird. It's, you just got to survive this week. Uh, but, so, you know, Buff- there are a lot of really good IDPs out there that are on bye Buffalo, Dallas. Uh, Jacksonville, the Chargers, you know, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. TJ Watt. We've seen on the Discord, you know, there are are people out there who are cutting players like Eric Kendricks because they have injuries at running back a wide receiver. And with Kendricks out, they're cutting him to pick up somebody else and or to, to pick up a, a running back or a wide receiver. And, and that's gold that's, that's sitting there. If somebody cuts, a, you know, a Buffalo Bill or a Minnesota Viking or even, you know, a Micah Parsons or something like that, you should consider snagging them, especially if you can afford it. Absolutely. Uh, news and notes. Uh, Thomas, get us started. Uh, when Patrick uh, Patrick Queen went down last week with a thigh injury, Chris Board came in. He was the next man up. But he didn't do very much at all. He had one assist and a quarterback hit, taking 41% of the snaps. Now, when we get into the injuries, I'll talk a little bit more about Queen. But don't if you're looking for a handcuff on Queen, Board may be the handcuff, but he's not going to give you Queen numbers. Yeah, and, he, and remember, Queen, even at his at his best, has been disappointing for a lot of uh, us IDP owners. Uh, he's just, you know, first of all, the Ravens don't use um, kind of your quintessential every down linebacker. Uh, they they do they ask so much of their secondary, and it seems like they've got about forty two defensive backs on every play. So uh, there, uh, even um, you know a great linebacker in that situation might not be uh, you know a, a ten to twelve tackle guy. So you know when you when you kind of downgrade from queen to board is just going to get worse. Um, a, a player I want to make sure everyone who's listening uh, is, is hip to is Jonathan Greenard out of um, out of Houston. So it, uh, if you hadn't gotten the news yet, um, Whitney Merciless had been, has been cut from the Texans. And part of the reason he got cut is the emergence of Greenard. Uh, he really has turned it on lately and, 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 um, 
is uh, I noticed that uh, Greg Cosell uh, had had some really positive notes on him. He said that he's really flashed on tape over the last couple of weeks. So all this is really coming together. And after the, you know, he didn't play almost at all in the first two weeks of the season, but starting around week three, uh, he clearly had been. I think what had happened, what had happened was that he was impressing in practices. Uh, and it caught him on the on the on the second team so much so that they said, okay, at some point we have to get this guy in the lineup. So they got him in the lineup um, in week three. Uh, so now he's he's had three games of over fifty percent usage, and in those three games, he's got thirteen tackles, ten of which were solo, and four sacks. Now that Merciless is gone, we're looking for Greener to step up and be at least a fifty percent player going forward, uh, if not more. But this, if you if you're not hip to him yet, make sure to grab him now. Don't drop a Joey Bosa or Daniil Hunter or anybody like that for him. But for your DL two, uh, and you might even be able to get him as your DL three. To me, I love this kid's upside. Yeah, you know, I I I think. With Greenard early on, I, I believe he had an ankle injury during the preseason. And then um, second or third, the game against Buffalo, I think it was the third week of the season, he uh, he suffered a chest injury. So there was reasons why early on he didn't see a lot of playing time or didn't produce uh, much. But yeah, I totally agree. This this kid, he's a, he's a sophomore, I believe now. I'm not sure if he was drafted last year or the year before. Uh, off the top of my head, but Greenard is definitely a go-to guy now, especially with with Merciless headed out. Now, uh, Jamin Davis, speaking of a rookie uh, linebacker, it, it, only he only took fifty-six percent of the snaps last week. Yet he led the team with eleven total tackles. That's a pretty impressive, you know, stat when you consider that he had six solos and five assists plus a quarterback hit. Uh, still, it doesn't matter. Cole Holcomb is the linebacker option uh, on the Redskins. Excuse me, on the Washington football team. Football gotta, team. Got to get that I, out of my head. I always want to call him. I always want to call him the Washington Football Club, but that's just from uh, watching so much Ted Lasso. Um, Anyways, Holcomb uh, Holcomb had a had a heck of a game. He his normal, you know, eleven, uh, ten tackles, nine solos, and assists with a sack, quarterback hit, a PD, a forced fumble. Took all one hundred percent of the snaps. Even though Davis led the team, Holcomb is the man there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if uh, you are. Trying to get away from uh, Jamin Davis, I have another Jay Davis to offer you, and that's Jared <laughs> Davis. This is a reminder that he's maybe a week or two away from coming back. Apparently, he's not ready to come back just yet, uh, but it should be very soon, maybe next week or the following week. Um, when he comes back, he should be an LB3+, plus, if not more. Remember, he was chewing up tackles before Matt Patricia got a hold of him and twisted him into knots. And um, I've read several things uh, from Robert Sala, who is, just loves this kid. So I would not be surprised if Davis doesn't make an impact. Now, it, it may take him a, a, a game or two to kind of get going. So I still like him as a, as a stash, but now this is basically your last chance to grab Davis as a stash. You know, Matt Patricia screwed up a lot of IDPs in Detroit. But let's move on to, speaking <laughs> of coming back, um, Jabril uh, Peppers, after missing two games with a hamstring injury, he had a bounce-back game with a solid nine-total tackle performance this past week, five solos and four assists with a quarterback hit. Um, Peppers is is the type of player who can continually give you six to eight, nine 
ta- uh, total tackles uh, on any, any given week as long as he stays healthy. You got to keep an eye on if he gets dinged, you got to back off. Uh, I mentioned uh, last week that I was finally convinced that Kyle Duggar was going to be a major factor for New England. Uh, he had he and Adrian Phillips had been flip flopping almost like um, you know running back by committees, like you know safety by committee in terms of who was going to be more productive for New England, and also their snap counts were 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 kind of um, you know fluctuating wildly. Uh, it had looked like at the beginning of the preseason that Duggar was the, the one you'd want to own over Adrian Phillips. Then it kind of flip flop around. Anyway, lately it has definitely been more Duggar than Phillips. Um, he had eight solos last week and an INT, um, and he's basically he's got oh not basically he's got thirty five tackles in his last three games. Now, um, this is Bill Belichick. This is uh, you know there is another safety here. When it comes to my DB one spot, I don't want competition. I don't want. To, to worry that, oh, well, look, you know, like a, like we've, you know, Tracy Walker or somebody like that who um, may play every snap, but maybe he won't. That's not, there are, there are enough um, DB ones out there for me that, um, who play every single snap. That's who I want. But as a DB two, I really like Duggar's upside. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the other safety is Devin McCourty and, and McCourty's taking a hundred percent of the snaps almost every week. So even though McCourty's uh, tackles, his production is up and down, it creates that problem for you with Duggar and Phillips because with the bouncing back and forth between these two guys and then you add in McCourty taking 100% of the snaps too, it really muddles that situation a little bit. Um, I'm going to move on to Kansas City and and their linebacking core. And when Anthony Hitchens went down with an elbow injury uh, in week six, Ben Neiman took over and and he took a spot over instead of Nick Bolton. They kept Bolton outside uh, mainly. I mean, he did play that inside, the outside linebacker position inside for the Chiefs, which they run uh, quite often. But basically what I'm saying here is that Bolton remained in his normal position where Neiman stepped in for Hitchens. Now, the, the big difference here is that Neiman took uh, more snaps than Bolton. He took 5% more snaps than he did, and he only posted uh, three total tackles, two solos and an assist, whereas Bolton had nine total tackles, seven solos, two assists, and a tackle for a loss. So Bolton with Hitchens, who we'll get into uh, during the injury report, um, with Hitchens being doubtful this week, Bolton is a probably the, the option that you want to look at, at least for week seven. Do you think either one of us will be alive when you can again rely on a Kansas City Chief linebacker? <laughs> will it happen in our lifetime? I don't this is know. what I want to know. I was thinking that it was Willie Gay, and then all Me of too. a sudden he got <laughs> hurt, and now... He's he's seeing limited time, even though he's healthy. Yeah, brutal. Um, uh, JJ Watt, he's been playing really well. He's been play he's been playing well all season. Uh, this isn't just you know um, he had a really good game last week. He finally came through for us, but he continues to play a ton of snaps. He continues to play well. He looks great on film. He's just he's either you know you'll see time and time again we'll will he'll just miss he's still really talented he's no longer a stud dl1 obviously but he does still have plenty of good games left uh i say now we're going to move on to our uh quick hits these will be um kind of shorter and punchier um and uh thomas uh, uh, why don't you get, yeah 
<laughs> I'll start with a pop in, in Tennessee. Um, we had given a heads up on Avery Williamson being signed. He dressed but did not play last week. So David Long Jr. led the team with 14 total tackles. He had nine solos, five assists. Long is a guy to ride until we start seeing otherwise. Now, we had gotten a question. I'll, I'll expand um, more so on a quick hit here that somebody had mentioned that Long and the Yahoo um, website was zeroed out and they were afraid that Williamson was taking Long's position. We have se- seen nothing on Williamson taking over for Long. Have, have you seen anything? No, and also uh, Yahoo is notorious <laughs> for this sort of stuff. I mean, they really are. It's uh, and it sometimes happens on the offensive side of the ball as well, but it but they're notorious for it happening on the defensive side of the ball. So, and I'm a little worried about that because uh, I'm just so used to it now that that maybe something you know major will happen to an IDP and I'll be like, eh, it's just Yahoo. I'm sure they the got boy who cried wolf. Yep. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a good week for Leonard Williams. Uh, Carolina is the number one overall team for uh, DL production. They, they average two and a half sacks per game to defensive linemen. Uh, and they also average almost 20 tackles per game to defensive linemen. So it's not only a good game for Leonard Williams, it's also should be a good game for defensive tackle Austin Johnson, who has been uh, quietly productive this year. Uh, Terrell Lewis continues to flash big play success for the uh, Rams. He notched his third sack of the season while taking 68% of the snaps last week. Um, he faces former Ram quarterback Jared Goff at home in L.A. So you can expect that Sean McVay is going to have this team ready and prepared. They do not want to lose to Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions, who are winless at this point in time. So look for Lewis to probably notch a sack this week. Now, he may not give you a lot of tackles, but he's definitely in big plays, scoring uh, heavy leagues. Lewis is, is attractive this week. We were worried last week about Daniel Sorensen's snaps uh, heading in because he had just he had had just had such a bad game and he's had uh, a, quite a few bad games. His uh, I think I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast. I know I mentioned it in the article. Basically, this podcast is a kind of a condensed version of a larger matchup article, um, and there's a lot of stuff that Thomas and I kind of um, collectively work on. So these are just some of those like little notes. So I don't remember if this was in our podcast or, or not, but. Sorensen had been giving up almost a perfect quarterback rating up through last week. Uh, and also I'd, uh, I'd found on Twitter, somebody had put this little collage together of the number of times that Sorensen had given up a big play. And then you can see Tyron Matthew holding his hands out in the air. Like, what was that? You know? Yeah. So we were worried this was coming. I was trying to get everybody to kind of pull Sorensen out of their lineups. And indeed uh, that is what happened. Um, Sorensen played just, 32% of the snaps, he played 19 snaps, and he had one one tackle. Uh, and, and that's because they were able to, you know, they've had um, another safety in their, you know, on their bench for a while, Juan Thornhill, who was supposed to be, you know, one of their, their main players over, over the last couple of years. But Thornhill also was not playing well, so they decided to move Sorensen into the lineup. We were enjoying all that production that he was getting because the teams were going after him a lot. But it looks like that ship has finally sailed yeah and thorn thornhill was was injury prone up to this point and still is so yeah a- after the bills just shredded 
uh, Sorensen through the air. That's when we 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 saw the writing on the wall last week. We mentioned we did mention it in the podcast that you know there's this whole issue of of whether or not Sorensen's going to lose snaps, and he did. Now Denver threw the ball forty nine times um, against the Raiders. And they only rushed 23 times. Now, this was before tonight's game, which was basically the same thing. They they um, threw the ball t- twice as uh, more than they ran it. But with the Raiders game, uh, the Raiders defense, you, when you throw the ball 49 times, you complete 35 of them or 71% of it, and you only run the ball 23 times, you don't expect the Raider defensive players to have big tackle numbers. Well, three of the Raider IDPs had 10 or more total tackles and one of them had nine. Now, Corey Littleton had 11 total, uh, seven, four and a half sack. Denzel Perryman had 11, six, five and zero sacks. Nate Hobbs had 10, six, four and zero. And Jonathan Abram was the one with nine uh, total tackles, seven solos to assist. So it's pretty impressive. The fact that the Raiders had four players, close to or over 10 total tackles when a team threw twice as many times as they ran. Start all of your Tampa Bay defensive line and outside (laughs) linebackers. Not only is Chicago fourth in uh, uh, DFL, uh, sorry, DL uh, fantasy points allowed, um, including by the way, uh, a pretty massive uh, sack total. They, the, the bears average, 2.8 2.8 sacks per game to defensive linemen. So uh, not only is the matchup coming in, the neutral matchup already big play heavy for your de- for, for that defensive line and, and OLBs, uh, the Bucks are also favored by two touchdowns. So that is, you know, assuming that's what happened, you know, assuming that game script uh, carries out like we all expect it to, there should be a ton of, uh, desperation plays in the in the third and fourth quarters that I I'm expecting these this Tampa Bay defense to just eat them alive. Yeah, and to expand a little bit on that, you you have Justin Fields, the rookie quarterback, who is antsy and will make mistakes. And you, if you're really going to target one of those Tampa Bay defensive linemen, I would first go after Indomik and Sue. Now he hasn't been having a, a great season, but Sue has a history playing Chicago. Sue played. Sue played a lot of years with Detroit and saw Chicago twice a year and has a history with the, against this team. So next up is um, Philadelphia with Alex Singleton, and we've been talking about him for on and off for many of these podcasts. He didn't start last week, but he led the team with 15 total tackles. And the closest person on the team who had uh, to him in total tackles was um, – I believe it was eight total tackles. So he had almost twice as many tackles uh, than anybody else closest to him on the team. Now, Singleton posted eight solos, seven assists, and a PD, and he only took 63% of the snaps. And uh, also just to tag on to uh, the the Singleton um, uh, note, he has a phenomenal matchup this week. Uh, the, the Raiders uh, averaged almost 25 tackles per game to linebackers. Uh, and, yeah, regardless of – I mean, you know, sometimes he won't start. I think he's not started maybe two or three games this year, and he never gets 100% of the ta- uh, 100% of the snaps. But he's always kind of in that, you know, 80-ish range somewhere in there. And I'll tell you this. 
his tackle rate is extremely high. It's, it's in the, it's like above 15. I think it's like 17 or 18%. Might even be higher, might even be in the 20s, which is unsustainable, you would think. Um, because normally an elite uh, tackle rate is, you know, somewhere in the, you know, maybe around 15, maybe 17, you know, Bobby Wagner, that sort of thing. But last year, Singleton played uh, over 700 snaps and had a 21% tackle rate. So at some point, we can't worry about him not being a quote-unquote starter. He's he's playing a ton, and he's clearly productive. So at some point, you just got to take the risk there. And um, I think it's going to wrap us up for notes, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. So we're going to move on to uh, propping up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 7 and has already awarded over $4 million. Now, our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks each week on the site. New users can use promo code FANTASYPOINTS when you sign up and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Tune into Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. Now let's move on to my favorite part of the uh the, the podcast, this is when we learn that every defensive player on the planet is either hurt or not coming back. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, I guess we'll start off with the injured reserve. Now, um, these players put on injured reserve are out a minimum of three games, and the teams have the choice to designate them for a return. Unless noted and otherwise stated, um, these players will be out a minimum of three games. Uh, linebacker Jeremiah Owasu Koromoa in Cleveland suffered a high ankle sprain. Those usually take more than three games. Uh, Alexander Johnson on Denver suffered a torn pectoral, uh, pectoral muscle done for the season. Patrick Peterson on Minnesota uh, injured his hamstring. Christian Fulton, Tennessee, injured his hamstring. All of them have been placed on injured reserve. The safety Julian Blackman on Indianapolis tore his Achilles in practice on Wednesday. And while they haven't put him on IR yet, he will go on, on IR and his season is done. Now, the notable inactives from week six will start off with defensive tackles. Chris Jones on Kansas City had a wrist injury. Um, he was limited in practice Wednesday and Thursday. Jonathan Hankins, uh, defensive tackle on Las Vegas, a hip injury that kept him out week six. He's limited Wednesday, but was upgraded to full practice on Thursday. Defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw on San Francisco, coming off a bye week, dealing with a knee injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. But he, I believe he might have been inactive in week five. Shaq Thompson, Carolina, foot injury, did not practice week uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, also inactive week six was Levante David, Tampa Bay, ankle injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. In the defensive backs, um, inactive was C.J. Henderson on Carolina with a shoulder injury. He full practice Wednesday and Thursday. 
Uh, Kevin King on Green Bay, shoulder injury, limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. Shavarius Ward on Kansas City, quad injury, limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. Byron Jones on Miami, uh, an Achilles and a groin injury. And Xavier Howard on Miami, a shoulder and a groin injury. Both of them were limited uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. And Antoine Winfield was uh, inactive last week due to a concussion. Well, he's practiced Wednesday and Thursday. He's still listed as questionable, but he had a full practice. Now, some of the uh, other injuries and, and waiver news and signings. Um, Devon Godshaw uh, from New England has a finger injury, did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Christian Barrymore on New England has a shoulder injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday. We had talked earlier about Patrick Queen on Baltimore with a thigh injury. Well, he was limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. You're going to have to really check it hard on Friday. And even if he is, he doesn't practice Friday, be leery of Chris Board. He's not going to give you Queen numbers. Linebacker Charles Harris on Detroit with an oblique injury um, is listed as day-to-day. He was limited Wednesday, but did full practice Thursday. Now, Jalen Smith on Greenman, he suffered an oblique injury. Uh, but he hasn't been on the injury report this week, so it looks like he's a full go, um, although I still don't think he's he's going to be a full-timer up front or starter. Not quite yet. Uh, Preston Smith, Green Bay, suffered an oblique injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, mentioned Anthony Hitchens with an elbow injury from Kansas City. He has yet to practice this week, and it looks like he's doubtful. Nick um, Kwiatkowski from Las Vegas suffered a foot injury, limited Wednesday, but upgraded to full practice Thursday. Jawan Bentley on New England injured his ribs uh, in week six, limited Wednesday and Thursday. C.J. Mosley on the Jets, he's, he was in a bye week last week. He's apparently dealing with a hamstring injury and has yet to practice this week, so keep an eye on that one for Friday. Daryl Taylor on Seattle, if you watched uh, that Thursday night game, uh, he had a, a or excuse me, the Sunday night game against Pittsburgh, he had a neck injury, and, and it looked pretty nasty. Well, it turns out that he's okay, and there's a small possibility he could play on Monday. It was limited practice today. Daryl Savage, uh, excuse me, Darnell Savage on Green Bay has uh, uh, he had a concussion, did not practice Wednesday, but was upgraded to uh, limited on Thursday. Keep an eye out for him Friday. Jonathan Jones in New England rib injury has yet to practice this week. Marcus May on the Jets um, sat out week five with an ankle injury, was limited Wednesday, but upgraded to full practice Thursday. Sidney Jones, uh, the fourth um, Seattle cornerbacks, had a shoulder injury, limited Thursday in practice. And even if he does play on Monday, it's looking like Trey Brown did well enough against the Steelers that he'll probably start in place of Jones. And then Richard Sherman on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pulled a hamstring and did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He's looking doubtful as well. Now, Whitney Marcellus, we mentioned that he had been cut by Houston. Well, he was immediately signed with uh, the Green Bay Packers. And with the injuries that they have to both Smiths, Zadarius and Preston, Zadarius on IR and Preston um, possibly out this week, uh, Marcellus could actually play this week, so keep an eye on that. And then another linebacker we want to keep give you a heads up on is uh, Bernardrick McKinney, who used to be with the Texans. 
The the Giants signed him to their practice squad and immediately assigned one of the four protected practice squad spots to him. Now this indicates very uh, that he could very well be promoted to the active roster on Saturday by 4 p.m. Eastern, and that means he would play against Carolina. And if he does, then he's going to step in for Tay Crowder's um, and Blake Martinez's role. All right, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause, pay a few bills. All right, we're going to, as, as we always do on this podcast, we are going to wrap up with a few Discord questions. If you are a Fantasy Points premium subscriber, you have access to our Discord boards, uh, you know, tons of offensive uh, stuff as well, betting, you know, you name it. Uh, and obviously there's a section for IDP where you can find myself and Thomas lurking and uh, answering questions. So we're going to uh, fire off a couple of questions here and, and dig in. Why don't you get us started, Thomas? Well, we, our old reliable and standby Vicus 7 Vicus 07. Yeah, asked, don't forget the zero. Yeah, yeah. Vicus 07. Vicus 07 um, asked if Landon Collins is going to be a linebacker now. Well, the Washington uh, ha- has asked Collins to play the linebacker role and be in the box a lot more. It's it's more of a box linebacker role. Um, and, and Collins has said he, that he didn't get clarity on whether this was a temporary move due to injuries or a permanent move. But he has publicly stated that he doesn't like playing um, linebacker or be in the box as much. But wherever the, the team needs him or wants him to play is where he will play. He is a team player and will um, he will do what the team asks. Now, he, he played safety and pretty much at every level of football so far, and he prefers to play safety. And uh, I'm wondering if this is going to end up looking a little bit like Keanu Neal um, for the Cowboys, where he splits time. Maybe he starts splitting time with uh, Jamin Davis in certain packages. Now, if that is the case, does that mean he'll come off the field in other packages? Like Neal, who is a you know safety converted to a linebacker, when they don't use him in the box, they pull him off the field. Uh, you know, he really does not involve himself in the, you know, in the secondary, I'm sure he can do it, you know, you know, in a pinch, but they, you know, is, you know, do they move uh, Landon Collins into the linebacker room, if you will? And if that happens, does that clear the way for Cameron Curl, who was a, was a great IDP for his last year, played really well. Does that create more room for him? Now it's way too early to tell, and this is just conjecture on my part, or it's not even really conjecture. It's, these are the things we're going to be watching carefully over the next couple of weeks. Where does he play? Is he considered to the team? And this is why I bring up Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal, they made it clear when they signed him, Neal is a linebacker, which means that Neal goes to the linebacker's room. They 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 go do drills with the linebackers, which means he's not doing drills with defensive backs. He's not he's not you know, spending all of his time keeping the secondary keys in his head. He's only thinking about linebacker, which means he's not bouncing back and forth. Is that what they're going to do? Or is it that they're just going to be moving him in the box, you know, back and forth? Yeah. I mean, when you take a look at the snap count for the Redskins, uh, I did it again yep. for the Washington football team's secondary. I apologize for anybody if if I offended you with the fact that I, I stated their old name. If you take a look at the snap counts from their secondary, 
They, they had four cornerbacks, or excuse me, three cornerbacks took 100% of the snaps, and Curl took 100%, and they had a, um, a nickelback took 49%, and Collins had 83% of those snaps. When you take a look at their linebackers, they only had um, two, Holcomb and Davis. Holcomb took 100%, Davis took 56%. And they had a um, Kalike uh, Hudson took ten percent, and David Mayo took one snap. So they're going with two linebackers, and most of the time Collins is sliding up into the linebacker position and or um, replacing Davis. At least that's what they did in this last game. So, like Justin said, this is something we definitely have to keep an eye on. And then let's move on to our uh, second question. Um, Honda Suzuki of Warren, I <laughs> uh, <laughs> love that name, uh, asks, he's, he, um, they're trying to decide if they should pick up Christian Wilkins from Miami or stick with Javon Hargrave for Philly this week. Uh, any insight? Um, I'll get us started. I just think that Hargrave is playing too well to sit right now. DLs will always have up and down games, but but. Um, what you want is just the highest level of talent you can get. And right now there's almost no one playing defensive line better than Javon Hargrave right now. And that's really saying a lot because I love Christian Wilkins. He's, he's one of my favorite uh, defensive tackles to use. I think he's, he's underrated, but man, it's just hard to, hard to sit Javon Hargrave at this point. Yeah. And, and you know, Hargrave's going to take 55 to 65% of the snaps and he's going to give you anywhere between uh, three, four to five or six, maybe even seven total tackles for you. And he does have big playability when when they start stunting and he can get to the quarterback and and apply pressure. Whereas Wilkins is a tackle guy, but he's definitely not as um, favorable when it comes to making big plays. Yeah, and uh, just just a little nuance to, to this question. Um, I'm pretty sure they know which is why they asked. Um, the uh, the the matchup right so the eagles are playing the raiders and the raiders are you know at, they give up only 11 tackles and less than a sack per game uh so you know those numbers are scary and and it, with an with with a, an average or even slightly above average defensive line lineman that might be something that that would make you worry but imagine he's not this player but just imagine for a second that um, this is a matchup and it's TJ Watt or it's Aaron Donald or it's Miles Garrett, right? You start them because of their talent, because players on that level, these matchups don't mean anything to them. They could right. usually run, you know, um, they, they dominate, you know, they have the potential every single snap to dominate. So, um, to that end, I mean, it, it is a it is a very it's a fair question because it's not like Hargrave is some you know perennial all pro player. So it, I, to me, it's it's a legitimate question. I just I, and the, some of this comes from experience from from making these decisions in the past and just realizing like I should have trusted myself. That's you know sometimes we have to not worry too much about the matchup if somebody's playing at an elite level and for whatever reason Hargrave is playing at that elite level as we speak. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the fact that the Falcons only, um, with Miami's opponent, the Falcons only give up or run the ball 37% of the time, where they pass it 63%. Now, the Raiders aren't much better at 38% to, compared to 62%, but I think you'll find that um, the the Raiders give up a lot, twice as many sacks as, as the Falcons do. So, 
yeah, the, the matchup is much more favorable for uh, Hargrave this week than it is for Wilkins. Yeah, and the only other thing I'll say is if it's a, a tackle-heavy league, you get two points per tackle and maybe three points for a sack or, or something like that. If it's a tackle-heavy league, um, then then may, and also depending on the rest of your matchup, if you're okay with Wilkins, you know who definitely has a better tackle matchup, right? Pro- Projection-wise, he should get more tackles, but. Hargrave is going to be the one who has a much better chance to explode. So, you know, just, just, just keep that in mind. And, uh, and also I would not be surprised if the Raiders don't run the ball more than usual this week, just based on their matchup. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, my name again is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. Uh, and I hope everybody has enjoyed this. We'll come back at you next week. We wish everybody luck in their matchups this week. Uh, Thomas, take us home. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.